Welcome to Streams in the Desert Live, an interactive prophetic talk show with pastor, evangelist, and prophetic teacher, Dana Bohansky, senior pastor of Streams in the Desert Ministries and House Church, where we look at the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy and give you, the listener, an opportunity to call in to ask questions and share information regarding the signs of the times. This ministry is dedicated to the preaching and teaching of the unadulterated word of the one and only true and living God under the power and anointing of God's Holy Ghost. Streams in the Desert Live is an expansion of Streams in the Desert Ministries. Now, here's your host, Pastor Dana. Read the book of Revelations for yourself. Tribulation. I don't want to be here. Shalom and blessings in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Pastor Dana, and I once again would like to thank you for joining me today, November 27th, 2019, for the Streams in the Desert Live internet radio broadcast. Coming to you from the beautiful Streams in the Desert Live home studio via StarWorldWideNetworks.com, where we look at the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy. Today's topic title is Giving Thanks Unto the Lord. But before we get started, let us pray. Dear Lord God, we come humbly before your throne this day and we bow down, spiritually speaking. We thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you've yet to do. We ask that you would send the power, working, and anointing of your Holy Spirit to do that which you have prepared and ordained for this hour and whatever else you have pleased to do, my Lord, right now. And Lord Jesus, I thank you for taking my place upon the cross of Calvary that I may have eternal life. Holy Spirit, have your way in this day, for it is 11.59 in split seconds just before the imminent return of the Lord and only Savior of all mankind, who is none other than Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, spread the word today in the way that you have prepared and ordained. Let not one word fall to the ground, which I know that you won't. And let me be under the power of your influence as we go through this show to do that which you have prepared and ordained this day, dear Lord God. Lord Jesus, thank you for taking my place. Holy Spirit, have your way in this day, and we pray it all in Jesus' precious and holy name. We pray, amen and amen. Well, folks, greetings to you all once again from wherever you are in the world as you join me, your host, Pastor Dana, today for another compelling episode of Streams in the Desert Live Internet Radio Broadcast. As we begin the show for today, it is with this timely piece written by Mr. Michael Schneider, dated November 25th, 2019, and titled, Could It Be Possible That Winter Storm Ezekiel Is Meant As Some Sort of a Harbinger for America? Mr. Schneider begins this piece by stating most the most powerful winter storm to hit the West Coast in ages has been dubbed Winter Storm Ezekiel. And this historic storm is going to be making Thanksgiving travel an absolute nightmare for millions of people. Heavy snowfall combined with winds gusting over 70 miles per hour will create severe blizzard conditions in some areas, and travel will be close to impossible on certain portions of Interstate 80 and Interstate 5. This is a very dangerous storm, and it is extremely unusual to be witnessing this sort of a weather along the West Coast in November. Meteorologists are telling us that winter storm Ezekiel is likely to undergo bombogenesis before it comes ashore. That would officially make it a bomb cyclone. 
The intensifying storm is located in the northeastern Pacific Ocean and will move into Oregon and Northern California on Tuesday. This storm will likely undergo Bomba genesis before it moves inland. This means that its pressure will drop at least 24 millibars within 24 hours, making it an intense storm when it strikes. From there, the storm will track slowly eastward from the west to towards the plains and into the weekend through a sharp southern southern southerward plunge of the jet stream. The Weather Channel has named this system Winter Storm Ezekiel. Mr. Snyder continues by saying it's quite interesting that a perfect storm is going to sweep across the United States at a moment in history when America is entering the perfect storm that some of us have been warning about for so many years. Over the next couple of days, this historic storm will absolutely hammer the western third of the nation before moving into the Midwest. The intensity of this storm is potentially historic for southwest Oregon and northwestern California, the National Weather Service said. Strong winds gusting over 70 miles per hour will punch into the southwestern Oregon and northwestern California area. The winds could cause tree damage and power outages in some areas. Snowfall will pick up in the Sierra, Nevada, and Cascades, as well as the high, higher terrain of Northern California, particularly above 2,000 feet in elevation. The snowfall will make travel conditions dangerous on Interstate 80 and the Sierra and in the Sierra and Interstate 5 in the mountains of Northern California and Southern Oregon. Then, says Mr. Snyder, earlier today, Marty Breen pointed out to me that David Wilkerson once declared that warnings for America would come from unusual places because so many of those that should be warning America about what is ahead are silent. So, he says... Could it be possible that winter storm Ezekiel is meant as some sort of a harbinger? Of course, he says, many people out there will dismiss the name of this storm as just a coincidence. And perhaps they are correct. He then goes on to point out, but over the years, I have come to understand that very few things in life are just coincidence. So, let's talk about Ezekiel for a few moments, he says. Mr. Snyder goes on to share that the prophet Ezekiel was sent to warn the exiles of Israel to turn back to God, and he was also instructed to warn the people of Judah that the city of Jerusalem was going to fall because of their extreme wickedness. Needless to say, his warnings were not particularly popular at the time, but they turned out to be accurate. The city of Jerusalem was once the center of the most powerful nation on earth, but the people abandoned God and just about every form of evil that you can possibly imagine exploded in their society. Sound familiar, my friends? After a series of warnings, Jerusalem was conquered and the people of Judah were taken into exile. In Ezekiel chapter 3, the prophet is specifically commissioned to commissioned as a watchman, and he is warned about what will happen if he does not warn the people. In verse 17, the Lord God states, Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the words from my mouth and give them warning from me. When I say unto the wicked, Thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked way, to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand." 
Yet, says the Lord God to Ezekiel, if thou warn the wicked, and he turn not from his wicked way, nor from his turn not from his wickedness, nor his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. Again, when a righteous man doeth turn from his righteousness and commit iniquity, I lay a st- and I lay a stumbling block before him, says the Lord God, he shall die. Because thou hast not given him warning, he shall die in his sin. And his righteousness, which, has, which he has done, shall not be remembered. But his, but his blood will I require at thine hand, says the Lord God. Just before going on to say in verse 21, Never, nevertheless, if thou warn the righteous man that the righteous sin not, and he doeth not sin, he shall surely live, because he is warned. Also thou hast delivered thy soul. Mr. Snyder then says, of course, Ezekiel was ultimately faithful in warning the people about what was coming, but most of them did not listen. He then goes on to ask this question. In our time, relatively few watchmen are sounding the alarm about what is coming to America. Will some end up with blood on their hands because they refuse to proclaim the truth? Moving ahead, Mr. Snyder shares, there is also a lot of good news in the book of Ezekiel. In numerous places, there are promises that the exile Exiles of Israel will someday be regathered to the land, and one of the places where we see this is in Ezekiel chapter 11. Beginning at verse 16, the Lord God then instructs Ezekiel to, Therefore say, Thus saith the Lord God, Although I have cast them far among, uh, far off among the heathen, and altogether I have scattered them among the countries, yet will I be to them a little sanctuary in the countries where they have come, where they shall come. Continuing on in verse 17, the Lord God then says, Therefore say, thus saith the Lord God, I will even gather you from the people and assemble you out of the countries where you have been scattered, and I will give you the land of Israel. Well, that's pretty clear now, isn't it, my friends? So why is everybody always fighting over it? Verse 18 continues with the Lord God stating, And they shall come hither, and they shall take away all the detestable things thereof, and all the abominations thereof from hence. And in verse 19, the Lord God says by way of Ezekiel, I will give them one heart and I will put a new spirit within you and I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and I will give them a heart of flesh. Verse 20 says that they may walk in my statutes and keep my ordinances and do them and they shall be my people and I will be their God. This set of scriptures used by Mr. Schneider ends in verse 21 with Ezekiel stating, But as for them whose hearts walk after the heart of their detestable things and their abominations, I will recompense their ways upon their own heads, saith the Lord God. At this point, Mr. Snyder then states, just like ancient Israel, the United States has completely abandoned the values that it was founded upon, and Americans have embraced evil to a degree that would be unimaginable to previous generations. For many Many years, he says, the people of ancient Israel were warned to turn from their wicked ways, but they did not listen. And the exact same pattern has been playing out in our time. Mr. Snyder ends his piece by stating, of which I agree with 100%, but just because most people are not listening doesn't mean that we should stop warning. Because if we refuse to warn the people, their blood 
could end up on our hands once disaster finally strikes. And on that very sobering and thought-provoking note, my friends, I will be right back after the break so that we may continue with giving thanks unto the Lord. I have a thankful heart that you have given me and it can only come from you. My friends, I have a thankful heart this day before Thanksgiving 2019. I pray that you do too. I'm on my way to glory whenever the Lord calls me home or he returns in the rapture. So therefore, eternal life is definitely something I can be thankful for. And I'm thankful for the one who took my place upon the cross of Calvary, who is Jesus Christ, that I may have it. And with that said, my friends... Now, as we move into the second half of our show for today, I would just like to begin with a short Thanksgiving poem by a man named Jack Zaveda titled Today and Every Day, of which he begins in this way. Lord, too often our prayers are filled with impatience over what we want instead of gratitude for what we already have. Remind us today and in the coming year what is truly important. Remind us to give thanks for family and friends. Remind us to be grateful for the work you have given us. Remind us to appreciate our many material blessings. Most of all, remind us today and every day to give thanks for your precious Son, Jesus, your one and only begotten Son, my friends, Jesus, and the sacrifice he made for us to give us eternal life with you in heaven. Amen. 
My friends, as Thanksgiving Day approaches, some have asked, such as the title of our next piece of the day um, does as well, when it asks, what should the focus of Christians be on Thanksgiving? of which they chose to answer in this manner as they begin by stating the original Thanksgiving celebration was held by the pilgrim settlers in Massachusetts during their second winter in America in December of 1621. The first winter had killed 44 of the original 102 colonists. At one point, their daily food ration was down to five kernels of corn apiece. But then, an unexpected trade vessel arrived, swapping them beaver pelts for grain, providing for their severe need. The next summer's crop brought hope and Governor William Bradford decided that December 13, 1621, to be set aside as a day of feasting and prayer to show the gratitude of the colonists that they were still alive. These pilgrims seeking righteous freedom, uh, religious freedom, and opportunity in America gave thanks to God in his provision for them and helping them find 20 acres of cleared land for the fact that there were no hostile Indians in that area, for their newfound religious freedom, and for God's provision of an interpreter to the Indians in Squanto, along with the feasting and games involving the colonists, and more than 80 friendly Indians who added to the feast by bringing wild turkeys and venison. Prayers, sermons, and songs of praise were important in the celebration. Three days were spent in feasting and in prayer. From that time forward, Thanksgiving has been celebrated as a day to give thanks to God for His gracious and sufficient provision. President Abraham Lincoln officially set aside the last Thursday of November in 1863 as a day of thanksgiving and praise to the Lord God. In 1941, Congress ruled that after 1941, the fourth Thursday of November be observed as Thanksgiving Day and be a legal holiday. Spiritually, we find things related to the issue of thanksgiving nearly from cover to cover in the Word of God. Individuals offering up sacrifices out of gratitude in the book of Genesis. The Israelis sing a song of thanksgiving as they were delivered from Pharaoh's army and after the crossing of the Red Sea, found in Exodus chapter 15. Later, the Mosaic Law set aside three times each year when the Israelis were to gather together. All all three of these times, Unleavened Bread, also called the Feast of the Passover, found in Exodus chapter 12, verses 15 through 20, the Harvest or Pentecost, found in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 15 through 21, and the Feast of in gathering or tabernacles or Sukkot, my friends, found in Leviticus chapter 23, verses 33 through 36, involved remembering God's provision and grace. Harvest and tabernacles took place specifically in relation to God's provision in the harvest of various fruit trees and crops. The book of Psalms is packed full of songs of thanksgiving, both for God's grace to the Israeli people as a whole throughout through his mighty deeds, as well as for his individual graces to each of us. In the New Testament, there are repeated ammunitions to give thanks to God. Thanksgiving is to always be a part of our prayers. Some of the most remembered passages on giving thanks, the giving of thanks, are as follows. He says, Rejoice always. 
pray without ceasing in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Philippians chapter 4, 6. Therefore, I exhort you first of all, that all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. The writer then goes on to say, of all of God's gifts, the greatest one he has given in is the gift of his Son, his one and only begotten Son, who is none other than Jesus Christ, who was hung upon the cross of Calvary. Jesus paid our sin debt, so a holy and just judge could forgive us of our sins and let us, and give us eternal life as a free gift. This gift is available to those who will call upon the name of Christ, who is Jesus, to save them from their sin in simple but sincere faith, as outlined in John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth him, believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans chapter 3, verses 19 through 26 states, Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now, the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all of them that believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation, in other words, an understanding, through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18 states, For by grace ye are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. The writer then continues by stating, for this gift of his son, the gift which meets our greatest needs, the Apostle Paul says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift of which saying is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. As the writer moves to close their piece, they state, We, like the pilgrims, have a choice in life. There will always be those things that we can complain about. The pilgrims had lost many loved ones, but there will also be much to be thankful for. As our society becomes increasingly secular, the actual giving of thanks to God during our annual Thanksgiving holiday is being overlooked, leaving only the feasting. 
may God grant that he may find us grateful every day for all his gifts, spiritual and material. God is good, and every good gift comes from him, as stated in James chapter 1, verse 17, where it is said that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. The writer ends this piece by stating that for those who know Christ, God also works everything together for good. Even events we would not necessarily consider good. For it is said in Romans chapter 8, verse 28 through 30, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose, for whom he did for for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. The writer ends this piece by sharing, may he find us to be his grateful children. And with that said, my friends, it is good to know that the word of God states that today is the day of salvation. And that, on, and that the only way one can ever become a grateful child of God is to receive God's one and only begotten Son, who there again is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ, as their only Lord, Master, Savior, soon-coming King, and Messiah. And the way one does that is to ask the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive them of their sins and invite Him to make His home in their heart while they are still among the land of the living here upon the face of this planet called Earth. For even Jesus himself states in the word of God found in John 3.16-18 through 18, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, who is he? He's Jesus Christ, might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, says the word of God, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. What is the name of the only begotten Son of God, my friends? It is Jesus Christ. Moving on into John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6, Jesus speaking once again reminds us to let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, Jesus said, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I, Jesus said, will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, Jesus said, there ye may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way, you know. My friends, the word way means method. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way or the method? Jesus said unto him, I am the way. In other words, I am the method, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. And for that very reason, my friends, in Revelation chapter 3, verses 20 through 22, Jesus extends this invitation to all who will receive it. When he begins by saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. The door, my friends, is the door of your heart. He says, If any man hear my voice and open the door, 
That would be the door of your heart, my friends. Jesus said, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I, Jesus said, grant to sit with me in my throne, which is a reference to power, my friends. Sit with him in his power. Jesus said, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his power or throne, my friends. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit, saith unto the churches. And remember, my friends, churches are not buildings or four walls. They are people. Finally, in Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15, where John the Revelator is speaking, we find out just what happens to all who reject the Lord Jesus Christ as their only salvation, which means way of escape from the soon coming wrath, from the soon outpouring, my friends, of the wrath of God. When John begins by stating, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. My friends, the books are the volumes and volumes and volumes of books that are written in heaven with all the names of those who will not be entering into the rest and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. My friends, the book of life is where your name is written on the day that you dedicate your life to the Lord Jesus Christ by asking him to forgive you of your sins and asking the Holy Spirit to guide you and lead you into all truth and righteousness and to bring all things to your remembrance. My friends, it goes on to say, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. My friends, the Lord just told us that we're saved by grace and nothing by anything that we can do through the works that man tries to put on people here on this earth. Because if you're doing the works of man to get to heaven, this is where you will stand on the day of judgment. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works, not the work that the Lord Jesus Christ did upon the cross of Calvary, my friends, because they did not believe in him and the work that he did for the whole world. The scripture goes on to say, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to to their works, not by the works, my friends, that the Lord Jesus Christ, not by the work that the Lord Jesus Christ did upon the cross of Calvary, but by their many good deeds upon the earth as they went throughout their life rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, says the word of God. My friends, it says that it's once for a man to die and then comes the judgment. You physically die and then you are placed in the judgment as to where you stand with the Lord. If you leave here in the rapture, it's because you're ready to go and Jesus Christ will be the judge when he comes to receive us. Everyone that belongs to him and is in good standing relationship with him will rise up off this earth and forever be changed into their glorified body. But at this great white throne day of judgment, all those who have lived before and all those who died during the time of great tribulation will be judged in the final judgment of God, by God, not by the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the second death because at this judgment, they will either 
be cast into the lake of fire. And of course, all those who lived for the thousand years in the millennial kingdom time who received the Lord Jesus Christ will be ushered into the eternal kingdom of God. But my friends, for all those throughout the history of this world who rejected the Lord Jesus Christ and the price he paid for our sin upon the cross of Calvary, will at this great white throne judgment day of God be forever cast into the lake of fire, which was originally prepared for Satan, his demons, evil angels, and of course, as we now see, all those who chose to walk with Satan throughout this life and reject the Lord Jesus Christ. Satan brings eternal death and damnation, my friends, Jesus Christ brought eternal life and life everlasting. The second death, my friends, means that the person has gone in to the lake of fire, not to walk the streets of gold in heaven, and will forever be uh, separated from God, from his one and only begotten Son, who is Jesus Christ, the power working and anointing of God's Holy Spirit, and all who tried to point that person in the direction of a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, which would have had them avoid being cast forever into the lake of fire. And it goes on to finish out and by saying, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life, just to prove everything I said to you, my friends, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. My friends, with all that has been said here today, at this time of Thanksgiving, let it be known and ring throughout the land that you all have been warned as God has planned and commanded both Ezekiel and myself to share. With that said, and with that thought in mind, won't you all this day declare that Jesus Christ is the Lord and only Savior of your life? By asking Jesus to forgive you of your, your past sins and to bake his home in, within your heart, my friends, so that from this day forward, you can be a grateful child of God with thanksgiving in your heart. If the Holy Spirit this day is nudging you in your heart, my friends, what the Lord has just presented in this hour is for you. So please be informed that he has also biblically made a way for you to surrender your life and heart to his one and only begotten Son, who is none other than Jesus Christ, here today. And it is found in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13, and is his perfect plan of salvation as penned by the Apostle Paul, as directed by way of the power working and anointing of God's Holy Spirit, and is this, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, I like to say right living in Jesus Christ. And the word of God goes on to say, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, which means way of escape, my friends. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all, is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, says the word of God. And the name of the Lord, my friends, is Jesus, Jesus Christ. Concerning this great salvation, so pure and so true, God, God as well has Paul go on to say to you, who will hear 
Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if you keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, for I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. First Corinthians chapter 15 verses 1 through 4. So, my friends, with that said, you have a decision to make here today. If you have not already done so in the past, to either receive or reject the Lord Jesus Christ. And even if you in the past have rejected the Lord Jesus Christ, you have another opportunity here today to receive him who holds the key to your eternal life. With that said, if you would like to make the Lord Jesus Christ the Lord, Master, only Savior, King, and Messiah of your life here today, please pray with me from a broken and contrite heart and spirit a prayer of repentance that you may enter into the kingdom of God when the Lord Jesus Christ arrives for those who belong to him at his appearing in the rapture. And my friends, even before that, to walk here on earth and all the benefit that the Lord God has promised each and every one of us as we walk in this dark world He will always be our light. The Lord Jesus Christ will always be our light until he returns for us or calls us home. With that said, my friends, I would like to pray a prayer today that if the Lord, through the power working and anointing of his Holy Spirit, is pricking you in your heart today, saying, that's it, what a thanksgiving this will be. Give thanks unto the Lord in the way that the Lord has prepared for each one of us so that we will find ourselves in the end walking the streets of gold with the Lord Jesus Christ and not tormented and burning in the lake of fire for all eternity. My friends, if that's you today who wants to acknowledge and receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your only way of escape from the wrath of God that is yet to come, then please enter into this prayer with me from your the depths of your heart, not your mind, my friends, or just your mouth. The Lord God is the God who knows the end from the beginning. He knows if today you are, are, you are sincere in what you say. So, my friends, do not play games with the Lord God because he is the one who also gives us our every breath. But today, my friends, for those of you that are ready to give your life over to the Lord Jesus Christ, and for those of you who would like to rededicate your life to the Lord Jesus Christ for whatever reason, that you and the Lord know, here, this day, please pray this prayer with me unto the Lord God. Dear Lord God, I humbly come before your throne this day. Lord God, I know that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And Lord God, I believe in my heart, as you have said in your word, that you sent your one and only begotten Son, who is Jesus Christ, to die and shed his precious and holy blood upon the cross of Calvary for me, that I may have eternal life. Dear Lord Jesus, I now invite you to come in and live in my heart. Lord Jesus, I ask you this day to please forgive me of my sins, to be my Lord, my Master, and my Savior, soon coming King and Messiah. Lord Jesus, I believe that by the shedding of your precious and holy blood, I am now forgiven 
and have been set free from my past sins. And by your stripes, I am healed. Lord Jesus, thank you for forgiving me of my sins and receiving me into the family of God. I am now your child. Holy Spirit, from this day forward, I ask that you would guide me and lead me into all truth and righteousness and bring all things that I have been set down in the word of God to my remembrance. Help me to know God's word, know it well, and know it correctly for myself. And I ask it all in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Amen. My friends, today is the day of salvation. And with the storms and everything that is taking place around the country and family get-togethers and people traveling and just all kinds of things that will be happening in the next week. We don't know who will return home and who will never once again don the door of their home. My friends, please be ready at whatever time the Lord calls for We never know at what time the Lord Jesus Christ would call us home. But we also want to be ready for the rapture, which is unexpected to the unsaved world at large, my friends. When the rapture takes place, the word of God says that the Lord Jesus Christ will appear in the eastern sky. He will not even touch at that point this earth, but he will draw all unto himself that are ready, watching, waiting, praying, and looking for his imminent return in the rapture. My friends, when we are lifted up off this earth to be with the Lord Jesus Christ at that time, we will forever be with him. We will immediately be given our glorified bodies, and we will be citizens of both heaven and earth. At whatever time the Lord wants us to do something here during the millennial kingdom time, which will be on earth, my friends, we will have access to heaven and earth. For the Lord says that those who go with him in the rapture will reign with him for that thousand years and also those who are beheaded for his cause and martyred for his cause during that time my friends. So, be ready, watching, and waiting for the imminent return of the Lord. But in the meantime, we must know God's word, know it well, and know it correctly for ourselves, my friends, because we are living in a time of much uh, deceit and deceiving things are taking place, both visually and through the speech of many upon this earth. They're trying to, through the power of Satan, draw those away from eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ. My friends, and that goes for people that are unsaved and for people that are not quite as strong in their faith as they should be. My friends, don't fall. Because as it said in Ezekiel, if a righteous man turns away from his righteousness and does evil and wicked things, his eternal life will be erased. His name will be erased from the book of life and placed into the volumes and volumes of books of those written for those, my friends, who will not be joining us in heaven I want to see each and every one of you within the hearing of my voice there. I don't know you now, but the fact is, is in the spirit, we know each other. And in heaven, you'll know me and I'll know you. But whatever has gone on and this earth that's not of the Lord will not be remembered. So as for all of those who will not be joining us in heaven, 
we will never remember them once we have arrived there. But for them, they will look up into the halls of heaven for all eternity, and they will see their loved ones and their friends and all those strangers even who tried to point them in the direction of a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, the only Savior of mankind, and that they rejected. And it will be part of their torment for all eternity to look up into heaven and see these things take place, my friends, of joy. But for them, it will be pure destruction every day, darkness, blackness, torment for all eternity, which means time without end. My friends, today, if you prayed that prayer of repentance, get into the Word of God. Begin to know God's Word, know it well, and know it correctly for yourself. Begin in the book of John. It is the best starting point. All the Bible is fantastic, wonderful, and written by the one and only true and living God, my friends, through the power, working, and anointing of His Holy Spirit. There is not one piece of it that we don't need to know. But John is one book that gives us the entire life in a nutshell of Jesus and what he came here for and what he means to us. But from there, spread out, because there's many wonderful mysteries of God throughout the Word of God. The Psalms are beautiful. Proverbs are uh, all full of wisdom and knowledge. My friends, things we need to know in this life to operate correctly as a child of God. Remember, my friends, you're either a child of God or a child of Satan. There is no in-between. Jesus said, you're either with me or you're against me. So, my friends, don't find yourself on the wrong side when the day that you take your last breath comes or that the Lord Jesus Christ appears in the eastern sky at the rapture. Because either way, if you leave this earth by dying without the Lord Jesus Christ, you will never have another chance to be received of the Lord and to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're left behind during the time of the rapture, the word of God says you will be made to believe the lie of the Antichrist on the other side of the uh, rapture and therefore will take the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast, the word of God says, dooms the soul of the person who took it for all eternity. You will no longer have a chance to ever receive the Lord Jesus Christ. At that point, my friends, don't let it be you. I thank you all for all that you have done for this ministry, for those of you who donate and prosper, help prosper this ministry through the things that the Lord has given you. And I just want to let you all know that we are doing a fundraiser on Facebook. To, and it is under my name because of the way Facebook uh, is concerned about how ministries operate. We are totally a a tax-deductible ministry. We don't talk about it because it's not a first thing with us. But for all those who would like to give, the, um, the fundraiser is being done by myself. It is for the ministry 100%. So anyone who would like to give to that, we would appreciate it very much. It will help with the operating costs for the year 2020. And very soon, my friends, I will be bringing to you the mandate of the Lord for the year 2020. The Lord did give me the mandate for the next year and the beginning of the next decade. And with that said, my friends, it's a wrap. May the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Happy Thanksgiving 
and to all, shalom and blessings until we meet again. I Join Streams in the Desert Live each Wednesday at 4 p.m. on Star Worldwide Networks, where your host, Pastor Dana, will examine the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy. Streams in the Desert Live thanks you for listening, for your phone calls, emails, and as always, your generous love offerings in support of this internet radio broadcast. You may also visit or email Streams in the Desert Ministries, home of Streams in the Desert Live, by way of the website or Facebook page, which can be easily found on the StarWorldWideNetworks.com Streams in the Desert landing page. Until next week, Streams in the Desert Live bids you all much love in Jesus and that the peace of the Lord Jesus be unto you all now and always. And remember, if you're not serving Jesus now, what makes you think you'll be doing it later in heaven?